0: From my dining table or my living room couch, and sometimes even my bedroom, this is Soon To Be Esquire, the podcast. I'm your host, Madison Torrey. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Soon To Be Esquire. Um, Of course, I'm excited about this episode. I feel like I say that about almost every episode, but this one truly is going to be a good one. Um, I know on the last episode, on the first episode of the new season, I explained how I want this season to be a bit different than the other ones in that I really want this platform to be a space to highlight amazing individuals and women um, who are in the legal field, and I really want to celebrate them, especially since um, for me, for the guest that's going to be interviewed um, on this episode. It's our last semester of law school. um, And really, that's an amazing accomplishment. This year is going to be full of so many celebrations for us. So I really want that to be the focus of the season. So like I said, I'm extremely excited about this podcast episode. I I wanted to highlight an amazing person in my class who has done, oh my goodness, so much I mean top of the class who has had firms after her since her first um summer and she's truly an amazing person. I mean she continues with her workouts while being an amazing student I don't I don't know how she does it exactly, but we will get into that later. So on today's podcast episode episode, I have Haley Zoo Butler being featured and I'm extremely excited to for you all to hear from her. So Haley, welcome to the podcast episode. I'm extremely excited um to have you on.
1: Thanks so much, Madison. I've loved, love listening to your podcast throughout law school and I'm happy to be a part of it today.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. So I guess we can go ahead and get into the um interview. Actually before that, I guess I should um explain to them a bit, I guess more of who you are. So Haley, she is also a 3L at Loyola, Um, along with myself. She will be graduating this May, getting her Juris Doctor degree. Um, She has a job lined up with a firm in New Orleans doing amazing things, so that's really exciting. I know she'll be passing the bar in July, the end of July, um, so that's also an exciting thing one and done for her. I already see it happening. <laughs> and um, like I said, this interview is going to be amazing. So yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, yeah. Okay, Haley. So first question I have for you is, what is it about the law? Why do you want to become an attorney? Um, what set you out on this path?
1: Yeah, so I, that's a great question that you know everyone asks either in a job interview or when you just Wait. tell people I'm a, I'm in law school. For me, I had never considered being an attorney until I was probably twenty three, twenty four. Um, mm-hmm. It was not something that I thought was kind of in the realm of possibility. We talk a lot about what it's like being a first-generation law student, what it's like even being a first-generation college student, and the, like, aperture of things that you think about that are possible for you to do is, you know, smaller than it would be for other people whose parents are professionals. So mm-hmm. I was I was a grad student. I did my undergrad and graduate school at Tulane um, doing linguistics and then later computational linguistics. And my whole plan was to go get my PhD, become a professor and do research in the kind of artificial intelligence sphere of things. Life had other plans for me. And, you know, they always say make a plan and everyone will like, they'll laugh (laughs) and see what happens. So I ended up going to criminal district court in here in New Orleans as the victim of a crime and realized for the first time what the legal process looked like in a very mm. real and personal way for me, I was mm-hmm. sitting there watching the criminal justice system play out in a way that I hadn't seen on a personal level. You know, the offender in my context was a wealthy white male, as opposed to the average criminal defendant in Orleans Parish, who was treated mm-hmm. with much less dignity and respect. So during this process. I started reading about the history of incarceration, the the clearly like racial impact of who is prosecuted, who has access to good defense and that Mm -hmm. type of thing. And it really made me pause and think, do I want to spend the next eight years doing a PhD, you know, working for a company that does artificial intelligence, that kind of thing. Or do I want to take this, what was a terrible experience and make it into something better. So I Became a, um, I interned at the public defender's office here in, or- in New Orleans and as an investigator realized I really, really liked that and then started working at the Capitol Appeals Project, which is the um, death penalty appellate defender and wanted to make sure, like I thought I wanted to go to law school, but I wanted to make certain mm-hmm. because that was a big jump from academia to that. So I worked right. there for a year to make sure that's what I wanted to do. And so I applied to Loyola was happily um, actually during Mardi Gras I found out that I got in and decided (laughs) yeah it was a good Mardi Gras it was actually my birthday and then Mardi Gras so it was a great oh of events. and decided you know what let's let's go for it and I didn't want to tie myself to a specific kind of law when I started because I knew that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. know all the opportunities but I decided to go and have absolutely loved it since we started.
0: That's amazing. And I love how open your mind was and your perspective going into law, knowing that, okay, I'm not going to tie myself down to one thing, because so many of us, I think, do that when we get into law school. It's usually civil rights or, Mm -hmm. oh, I know someone who has a company and this is what I want to do. And most of the time, usually 90 percent of the time, you take classes, you have different experiences um, each semester and during the summer. And those interests will transform into, you know, an area of law that you eventually want to pursue. And I know even later down the line in our careers, that might even change as well.
1: Exactly. And I tell that too, I have two mentees at Loyola. Um, one is a 1L. the mm-hmm. yeah, other's a 2L, both fantastic women of color who have decided to go to law school as well. And I, I remember telling them the practice area or the kind of law that you do, don't exclude any options because you don't know what you don't know and those summer experiences Mm. etc will show you a massive range of practice areas that it's hard to like make a niche before you know what's available
0: right wow okay Haley so take us back to (laughs) elementary school Haley tell us a bit about your childhood um where you're from how you grew up and um What led you to Tulane University for undergrad and graduate school?
1: Yeah, so I am from Nashville, Tennessee, originally. I moved to New Orleans to go to school, but I was homeschooled for most of my life, actually. Um, Yeah, so I spent a lot of time at home with my parents. and like learning, reading constantly. I was gonna Mm -hmm. graduate from high school early, but then we decided, you know, maybe a 14 year old doesn't need to be done with high school yet. So Mm -hmm. I went to a public performing arts magnet school. Um, I play the violin, the viola, piano, that kind of thing. And it's very similar to here in Louisiana, the LSMSA, the School for the Performing Arts. So I did that. Mm -hmm. And I had this like large aspiration in in high school, Like I'm going to go to college in New York, or I'm going to go to Brown in Rhode Island, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I did all the things, got into NYU, got on the wait list at Brown. And then Tulane, actually a good friend of mine throughout high school, his mom had gone to Tulane and she's like, you know, you should just apply. I loved it. I'm from New Orleans. And I did ended up accepting it having never been to New Orleans thinking that I would only be here oh, wow. for a few years and now it's been almost 10 so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes the city will definitely do that to you. I know when I accepted um, my acceptance letter basically going to Dillard University in New Orleans I didn't visit the school before before going there and that was the best thing I ever did in, in so many ways, when it comes to my life. And I just find that very odd. Like, that's a four years of your life, most likely, are going to be spent at a university. And we did not visit, like, oh, that's maybe that's not the best, not the best idea, but it worked out. It did. It I think that's a did.
1: for sure. And that's something I think about a lot when I'm talking to prospective law students or even college mm-hmm. students that are um, just like, what is this process like? It's the difference in opportunities and changes and choices for first-generation students. It's like, okay, you can't spend $300, $400 to go visit every university you might go to. The same mm-hmm. way with law school. Mm-hmm. Law school right. is a three-year commitment. And if you're from a different right. place and you want to visit you kind of have to I when I looked at Tulane I looked at Google Maps and that was when they just introduced <laughs> the like street level view so I was like okay that looks like a nice place I'll I'll go there oh um, my but just the difference in like the ability to choose and see what you're looking at is so prevalent as well
0: it is that's something that I am trying to really stress the importance out in my little sister she's a junior in high school And I keep telling her, okay, you know, I know you want to become a brain surgeon. So here are some really good schools for that. Um, Then she said, okay, you know what? I want to go to an HBCU. I said, okay, here are some really good HBCUs that do well in the science department, this and that. But I want her to travel a bit more, see where she's going to be comfortable. Because, I mean, as a person of color, you know, as as a Black girl, as I'm sure you've experienced as an Asian woman... When you're in certain areas, everyone's not always as welcoming towards you. And it's really important that you're able to find some type of community where you're comfortable. Um, That community exactly. doesn't necessarily have to look how you look, but just somewhere you're where you feel comfortable. Uh, I've been lucky enough to find that in New Orleans with a good group of friends. Um, And Haley, I'm curious, have you been able to find that group of people since you've been in New Orleans for, um, you know, such a good amount of time since being at Tulane for undergrad?
1: Yeah, that's the very interesting part about New Orleans is that once Mm. you move here, you realize how small it is. Um, Mm -hmm. For the most part, friends that I was close with at Tulane and undergrad I still keep in touch. They either were like from different parts of Louisiana or came and stayed. I found that law school was a really great experience to make friends that for the most part are either from here or have plans to stay here for
0: the duration Mm -hmm. of
1: the flight, so to speak. I got very lucky that my law school section were in the civil division, which is, you know, the Louisiana specific law that we all became very close. Um, Definitely changed by the pandemic and that we didn't get to see each other for a while but these are people that I know I'm going to be working alongside of um, talking Mm -hmm. to learning about different areas of the law because of what they practice for the rest of my career and so Mm -hmm. it's been excellent to be able to meet those people during law school and then through working in the city it's very connected everybody you know, at least has some like one person in common that they know that you mm-hmm. know, and it's it's easy to create that sense of community. And I've been especially grateful for friends of mine who, you know, are minority or otherwise underrepresented in the law to be able to talk to them about the struggles of, oh, this is all new, imposter syndrome, do I even belong right. to be here, that kind of thing. And it would not have mm-hmm. been as easy as I think it has been without those people.
0: Right. I think what's so interesting about law school, what I found um, was that at Loyola, I went to only visit two law schools um, and Loyola was one of them since it was in New Orleans, you know, easy access there. But only the two that I applied to and I found just even visiting two of the schools is that Loyola was significantly more diverse in in terms of a law school than any other law school that I applied for. And I didn't think that that aspect would be that important to me when applying to schools, but throughout these three years, just the support that I've gotten from the minority students, um, from my group of friends, the type of people who apply to law school at Loyola, it's, they've been, I think, my biggest supporters, even when it comes to the faculty. Um, did you experience that when you were applying to law schools? Were you able to notice that, okay, there's something different at Loyola?
1: Absolutely. And I think my law school application process was a bit different than the average. I knew that I wanted to be in Louisiana specifically and okay. I didn't didn't particularly want to move to Baton Rouge for LSU, so I applied mm-hmm. to Tulane and Loyola. I applied to a few other schools just to, you know to see if that was an option. But I wanted to be here, and I had gone to Tulane for two degrees already. I was like, you have enough of my money. Oh, maybe <laughs> I should get a third one. So, and then visiting Loyola and talking to them, it was they have the Ignatian Law Scholar Program, which was new when I started, and it was mm-hmm. really demonstrated the school's commitment to like diversifying the law student body changing the legal profession over the series of, of years of education and that was so important to me and then since I've been there you know it's not the case that there's only one or two people of color in your classroom mm-hmm. there are often mm-hmm. many more than that and especially being in the south being in the legal profession which is right. historically more um like subtle self- I guess, consistently the same. It's been nice to be. And so, you know, Loyola is fantastic for what we, for what we do and for what, what, like the reasons I wanted to go to law school. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, why don't you talk with us a bit about your application process? How did you prepare for law school?
1: Sure. So I, like I said, I applied to Tulane, I applied to Loyola and then A few places in DC, and Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, luckily, and this is something that I find so important about any professional career, but mainly the law, is that the mentorship that you get from people who've already done this, whether they be senior law students or early Mm -hmm. associates, or you know further along in their careers like judges. I before I um, actually while I was in grad school, I worked at a law firm. As a file clerk and then later their recruiting coordinator, having no interest at that point in going to law school <laughs> whatsoever, but made friends with this fantastic man um, who has actually, actually recently passed away, Judge Allerkon. He was a oh, criminal district court judge. And he and I, I, you know, I worked for him and his secretary a lot. We became friends and he helped me through the application process in terms of these wow. are the kind of letters that you need. This is, mm-hmm. you know, he was a loyal alum as well. And talked about what the Jesuit values of their education system are. Like I'm not personally Catholic, but I really find that the Jesuit education is fantastic and very well informed. Mm -hmm. And so it was a process of like, what can I do to put all the experience that I have and like put my best foot forward with that? I, Like I said, I didn't have any aspirations to be a lawyer while in college, and while I did very well, it wasn't like, oh my God, I have a perfect LSAT score, and I have a perfect GPA, and it was more, what can I do to show that the reason I'm going to law school is this. I've done this Mm -hmm, year of mm -hmm. additional work to make sure that was what I wanted. And then I got the call from the admissions director at Loyola. They told me about the Ignatian Scholar Program, and it all worked out.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Um, So in your summer before law school, did you have any plans? Did you use that time to set out like, okay, I'm going to try to practice looking at what an exam answer could be, what an exam question could be, or I'm going to spend this entire summer relaxing? I kind of, for, for myself, I split my summer up and a majority of it was just relaxing, trying to get basically mentally prepared because um, I knew that law school, it's an investment. Financially, emotionally, mentally, I just wanted to be as prepared as I could. Um, So I used that time just to relax, prepare mentally. Um, And then I did a quick like, two-week program that kind of helped prepare me for, this is what outlining looks like. This is what case, case briefs look like. What did you do during that summer?
1: Yes. So I similarly am like a very type A person. I wanted to do (laughs) everything I could to make sure I would be prepared um, against the advice of pretty much everyone I knew at that point (laughs) who was a lawyer. And I would give the same advice, like don't waste your summer before law school doing that. But um, I actually, I I quit my job at, as an investigator around April. And then from May Mm -hmm. until August, I, I worked as a temporary, like, um, HR director essentially. So I was working, making money, but I in my spare time, I was downloading like every ebook about the law school experience. I oh, read wow. that that 1L book. And while they had some really good points, and especially like what a law school exam looks like, I should mm-hmm. not have done that. It was, it was unnecessarily mm-hmm. stressful. But it made me Great. think that I was progressing and it was gonna have, you know, some sort of quote unquote leg up. In reality, It helped me in that time period figure out Mm. what it would look like, but obviously you don't know what it's like until you put it into practice. And that's when one else starts. So I read, I did this. I I think I even tried to, yeah. I remember emailing the librarian at at Loyola asking if I could (laughs) get a Cali login early. And he was like, he was like, don't do that. And unfortunately that, overly eager, uh, attitude, or fortunately, I guess attitude has ceased. I'm much more relaxed about it now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I was very much like, okay, I have to make sure I know what to do, what to do. And so whenever people are telling me they're about to start law school, I'm like, go to the beach. Don't do anything. Just chill. Hang out with your
0: friends. Just relax. (laughs) Definitely relax. I mean, preparing for law school, I feel It's going to look different for everyone, but I could, for me, no matter how many people that I've talked to, no matter how many attorneys, judges, mentors, and as much as I knew what their experience was going to be like, it's always, you just don't know what it's like until you experience it. That's the, the one thing I can just basically describe law school as, is you just have to experience it for yourself. Um, definitely there's people in your life who can help you on your path and obviously applying to law school and preparing you in terms of, well, this shouldn't be a surprise. Here are things that you should probably know, but it's just about your experience at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was your 1L experience like? So, you know, after your summer Enjoying your time, kind of <laughs> to <the> type A <laughs> preparation. Um, what was your 1L experience like your first semester and your second semester?
1: Yeah, so first semester, and I think everyone from our class and then anyone who started <laughs> beyond knows that the first semester was really the only slice of quote unquote real world law school that we had. Right. It was, you know, just the adjustment to having been. A working person for several years, and then going from having an income and a salary and a four hundred one k to student loans, and that that's a huge Mm -hmm. like lifestyle adjust adjustment, I guess. But the mental process of okay, I'm gonna treat law school like it's my job. Was I know I would get to school, have classes, stay there until five or six, doing what I needed to do, and just having that like physical delineation of okay, I'm done with this for the day. I think really allowed me to not let it overwhelm. That is a lot different now because for the most part, people are either doing hybrid learning or fully online Mm -hmm. learning. So the physical delineation of this is what I'm gonna do, this is where I'm gonna do it, isn't there so much. But Mm -hmm. I remember, and I'm not sure who you had for crim Law or this, but my very first class, watching someone get cold called for the first time, just being terrified. (laughs) And you know, everyone's trying to put their best foot forward. We don't know each other yet. So we we really want to do our best. But then I also remember after the first semester, when I was getting ready for exams, that all of my outlines or quote-unquote outlines that I'd done, like briefing every mm-hmm. case to the nth degree, it was totally useless. <laughs> like it was helpful in class and to know like the facts of the case. but I was like, okay, what I really needed to be doing was distilling the law, repeatedly learning how to apply it. So going through pras- practice exams, um, doing all of the analysis on paper before just like rote memorization, And it was mm-hmm. also a very interesting time um one year right before exams I went through a breakup and was moving out and it was like oh my god my life is falling apart in reality it was you know one of like the better things that happened during law school but the process of trying to move while you're studying for crim like con crim pro or for civil procedure that's oh it's, it's a double whammy. And I was actually talking to one of my partners in the defense clinic. He's like, yeah, I actually went through the same thing, 1L. We were about to take our torts exam, which was probably the hardest exam of 1L fall and was moving my stuff in a U-Haul. And so the 1L oh experience, my I know people need to talk about that. A lot of people go through like life changes during the first year of law school and it really can impact how you perform um,
0: or your confidence in yourself. I never, I don't, I'm trying to imagine how I would feel going through all of that while having to take an exam. I was already terrified. I mean, terrified during my one L semester because after orientation, And throughout the semester, all I'm thinking of, all I was thinking of at the time was the 1L curve and Mm -hmm. class ranks and summer opportunities. That's the only thing that was going through my mind my first semester. And so when I was taking those exams, I was so terrified. So I only could imagine going through something personal, like just it's a whole life shift that, oh, okay, now I have to manage this, while I'm also basically managing an entire task for Mm -hmm. what's the start of my next career,
1: which is right. And that's the thing, I know a lot of the people in my section law school, our average age, I think was a bit higher, because many of Mm -hmm. the people in our section had waited or worked a different career before going to law school. And I think that the typical experience that we hear is people who finish college, have the summer and go to law school. Mm-hmm. And that right. experience of people having relationships end or begin or having children or having a parent die or becoming a caretaker, that's something that I saw consistently with my classmates that they mm-hmm. were so good at what they did, but then also in spite of you know having a parent die or having... Right this large life event happen or bringing a baby into the world and just Mm -hmm. knowing that like the law is your career it's something that you obviously love you've chosen but the ability to do both at the same time is going Mm -hmm. to be so important when you become when you become an attorney and practice so you know 1L was a was a crash course in that but (laughs) we we pivoted we adjusted we came out better for it and then second semester as you know pandemic hit and everything uh, changed again
0: <laughs> again again what was that second semester like for you I mean instantly just having to be online because I mean when we got that email it was so quick like oh by the way don't come back in two days oh
1: right okay
0: all right so what are we doing <laughs>
1: I, that happened on a, so we, the day that they sent that email, I think was our, a Wednesday because our classes in the morning were going to Thursday. So Mm -hmm. I had skipped Mm -hmm. all of my Tuesday classes because I just didn't feel well. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll go on Thursday. It'll be fine. So I didn't even go to class the last day that we had real in-person classes, which I really regret now. But I remember thinking, oh my God, I had just leased this tiny apartment very close to the law school because it was so close to the law school.
0: Uh,
1: and realizing oh oh God. God, I am like have no reason to live this close to this place. And it's about five hundred to like eight hundred square feet maybe. And so I set up this little desk area. I had a small kitchen and my refrigerator was beside a window. So I moved my refrigerator and put up like a folding table. I eventually did get a real desk back there and spent all of 2L and then that
0: half of
1: 1L behind my refrigerator. So it was the pivot was okay. Physically, I am stuck in this tiny little square, but I think this might be controversial, especially for a one L, because I think it's so important to get to know your classmates because that becomes mm-hmm. your network later. But I right. liked having online classes during two L because you have the it's a very doctrinally heavy year. You're taking mm-hmm. more classes than right. you have one L, and it gives you the opportunity to like not waste time during the day getting up getting dressed, driving to the school, finding parking, all of this. And I found that I was more productive than I wasn't happy because, you know, everyone's sitting in their house for Mm -hmm. months on end is kind of miserable. But as a like pedagogical decision, I thought, okay, this is what I'm doing. I can take my exams, the place where I studied for them. I prefer the open book exams because no one in the in the law is going to memorize things and just rely on their memory right. to, to file exactly. in court. So I thought it was I thought it was good, and then now having we're in our last semester, and it's like we're going to go back in person in February. It's mm-hmm. huh. I'm used to what I'm doing now. So
0: exactly at the beginning of oh it I only got a little bit of it last semester during the fall, I felt kind of like I was doing 1L all over again when it came to studying for some of my exams, because two of my exams were in person, the rest were like take home exams or some more seminars. Mm -hmm. And being back in person taking an exam, it felt odd. And I just, you know, didn't have that experience since fall of 2019, So doing that in 2021, I was like, oh, this is what it feels like again. Okay. All right. Hmm." It's not the best environment, honestly, to take an exam. Um, That's just in my opinion. But you know what? I got through it. I did it. I am looking forward, though, however, to seeing my classmates in person when February comes around. So I, that's the one thing I guess I'm looking forward to, since we'll have Barrister's bar, hopefully. um, And just seeing everyone together, that will be exciting. I fully agree. I think that's the most important part. And
1: like, this is kind of an aside, but law school is framed. And I I particularly love this about Loyola is that while it is competitive, the the people itself, the people themselves are not cutthroat. It's not this like I have to do better than you. Even with the curve there, we're all very aware of it. But the collegiality of like, okay, we all are trying to get through this together. Mm -hmm. And that that being fantastic with supporting each other because those people that you study with, the people that you know from different student organizations, those people for the most part are going to be your legal network as you move forward we are going right. to know them for the next 20, 40 years. And having, oh, hey, I work at this firm, but this person that I went to law school with is trying to get a job. Let me see mm-hmm. how I can put them in touch with that kind of thing. It, it's definitely, is beneficial to treat the community as what it is. And it's something,
0: something beautiful, I think. It is. It definitely is. Um, well, now that we are in our last semester, what have been for you the most memorable parts the most memorable moments of your law school experience
1: i think oh man that's kind of a tough question i th- i really think <laughs> it's the <laughs> it's the difference between knowing who i was personally professionally academically mm-hmm. at the beginning of law school even reading, like rereading your 1L briefs and just being horrified Mm -hmm. and like seeing the growth from there because it's such a intense process that you don't realize. And you're like, I'm always very hard on myself. I know everyone wants to do their best and sometimes not Mm -hmm. feeling like they are, but seeing in like retrospect how much you've grown in such a like relatively short amount of time. I have loved the ability to, in different classes, do experiential learning so you know writing a petition doing trial advocacy and doing Mm -hmm. a full trial with the guidance of like amazing professors and that paired with the practice during the summer i specifically you know that chose to do civil litigation that process is a lot different than you know if you decide to go into public interest or whatnot but the ability to see exactly what it is that you're doing and that helps you decide one l summer two l summer what kind of law do i want to do what kind of lawyer do i want to be and being able to see all of these different opportunities and knowing okay these are the choices this is what it's like in practice this is what the time you know even time commitments are like has been my favorite part of just seeing what does the rest of life look like
0: (laughs) right completely different than what you expected and um it's a beautiful thing to just see the transformation of how of the growth basically from where you started to where you are now but also how you'll continue to grow exactly um so what are you most looking forward to uh with the remainder of the semester the last few months and I can't believe Uh. it's only a few months (laughs) which is wild
1: I I'm actually looking forward to the beginning of February because that's when the bar application process will be over. And that has been much Uh. more stressful than I thought it would be. I've had like five people text me and ask me about various components of the application. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I similarly have no idea what's going on. These are the forms. There are many of them. But I'm I'm really (laughs) excited to just get to that point, you know, right before graduation and right before bar prep starts I know people tell you it's like oh you always want to be at that next place and to live in the moment and be really mm-hmm. grateful for it but I think for me and for several people who've either been in a different career or just older going to law school for the first time it's like I just I, it feels like it's been so long I'm ready to just mm. start the thing that I try to do but at the same time, it's given me the space to reflect on all the things that have happened in the last six years that have led me to where I am today. But I have to tell you, trying to you know read for classes that are electives that <laughs> are not doctrinal, it's like oh, this is, oh I just have yeah. to get to the finish line here. Right. Uh, I
0: understand. Yeah, it's tough. Three L O L indeed. I completely understand. Okay, so for my last question I have for you, do you have just any advice to anyone um, hoping to get into this legal field, whether they're um, trying to be a paralegal, an attorney, someone who is with the support staff of law firms, do you have any advice for those aspiring individuals?
1: I think the best advice, and I think this applies to um, every field, not just the law, but it's that, like, just being aware that people are what matters. And I say that in the legal field, of course, you know. It's great to have the best accomplishments, best things. But if people don't like working with you or people Mm. feel like you're condescending, you're not going to have the same opportunities. Mm -hmm. And on the opposite side of that, you know, you can have someone who is so good at being like jovial communication-wise, they can hold the like hold the attention of a jury, but maybe don't have the best grades on paper. Those things all balance and come back to like, are you someone that you want to work with are you someone that you that clearly cares about other people and Mm -hmm. having worked in a long time ago um, in high school and college having worked in the service industry and then during grad school working as a support staff member at a firm it's like seeing people treat differently situated people is so important and it's like having Seen, you know or heard horror stories of people treating paralegals or office clerks or court clerks like negatively because they think that they're better than them it's like no like Mm -hmm. you are part of this team everyone on this team is absolutely integral to its function like at a firm I worked at this summer I became because our office is really close together friends with like the printer staff printer copy center Mm -hmm. staff and I was like these people are fantastic they know the answers to questions they know so much more about this and especially as someone entering the field it's like you want Mm -hmm. to make those connections and understand like we are all working to make this larger thing happen together Um, and then I think as a whole for people coming into law school is that you don't have to know what you're doing you, there are some things that are like, okay, you need to know which classes you need to take. You need to know if you want to vaguely go into like one bucket of work or the other, but that it's okay to not know. And those are the moments that you'll actually end up learning more. And by seeking right. out people who have been their mentors and anyone can be a mentor. It's like someone who's younger than you, but it's a year ahead of you or a few years ahead of you, or, you know, someone who works in a different industry, but that's closely related. And so seeking out the opportunity to like really get to know other people and learn from their experience while also thinking, what value can I bring to them and to the firm, to the relationship with the mentor kind of thing.
0: That is so good. That's so important. I know a lot of us sometimes will focus on if we're just networking We just kind of think of, okay, what can they do for me? But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a relationship. It goes both ways. I love that.
1: I think about that a lot in terms of even interviewing for jobs. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I want to know what it's like to work there. But it's like, what can I do? What skills do I have? What experience do I have that would Mm
0: -hmm. make this work better? Mm Mm-hmm. So good. Well, Haley, thank you so much for, you know, allowing me to ask you some questions and interview you and pick at your brain a bit. Um, But I really appreciate you for sharing your experiences and your story with us. And I hope that for the rest of the semester that you really celebrate how far you've come and everything you've done and that you look forward to the path that you're on because it's amazing.
1: Thank you. And I'm so happy to know you, have you as a classmate. I think what you've been doing here is fantastic and a lot to combine with school. So kudos to you. And thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of soon to be Esquire. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Haley really brought out some subjects and topics that I really want to dive into more this season, especially with students coming into law school who are technically considered non-traditional. So those parents, um, those who had a career before law school. In my opinion, I think it's more traditional um, or more common for students now to have had lives prior to law school uh, because the data shows statistically that actually most of those students do better throughout law school. Um, Because they're able to sit there, as Haley mentioned before, and say, okay, this is a job, this is the start of my career, I can sit here from 9 to 5 or a certain time period and make this work. But let me know y'all's thoughts about the podcast. Be sure again to check out our Instagram page. And I cannot wait for another episode of this season.